Welcome to, by way of reminder, number 7, Reclaiming the Sacrifice. Malachi 1, 6-14 is one of those sections in Scripture that seems to be timeless in its intended audience. While it is true that the Bible was written to specific people at specific times, it is applicable to us as well. If we had no reason to learn by example, surely he would not have preserved it through time. Take a moment to read these verses and see if you agree. Starting in verse 6. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. Then if I am a father, where is my honor? If I am a master, where is my respect? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. But you say, How have we despised your name? You are presenting defiled food upon my altar. But you say, How have we defiled you? In that you say, The table of the Lord is to be despised. But when you present the blind for a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you? Would he receive you kindly? Says the Lord of hosts. But now, will you not entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us? With such an offering on your part, will he receive any of you kindly? Says the Lord of hosts. Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the gates, that you might not uselessly kindle fire on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from you. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations, and in every place incense is going to be offered to my name, and a grain offering that is pure. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you are profaning it, in that you say, The table of the Lord is defiled, and for its fruit its food is to be despised. You also say, My, how tiresome it is, and you disdainfully sniff at it, says the Lord of hosts, and you bring what was taken by robbery and what is lame or sick, so you bring the offering. Should I receive that from your hand, says the Lord? But cursed be the swindler, who has made a male in his flock and vows it, but sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is feared among the nations." Heretical hermeneutics. Lots going on there. This passage deals primarily with the sin of the priests who were bringing false sacrifices before the altar of God. I'd like to take a moment and highlight a few patterns. First, fathers receive your honor, masters receive your honor, but why not God? By rashly asking what is wrong, you are saying, let it be used wrongly. If you are not to give something to men, why do you give it to God? Why do you entreat favor from wickedness? For what reason should God listen, much less bless, the false offering you bring? These logical progressions are clearly not the limit of what God was teaching the people, but there are too many patterns to ignore here. I love the simple failings that God pointed out in the actions of his people. When you take a step back and look, it's pretty obvious that they were too distracted by their own piety to bring a pure offering before him. The Lord goes so far as to ask, Who will shut the gates? How can we take some of these mindsets and apply them directly to our lives? Example, would you pretend that you were doing something that defiled God? No, of course not. Sins of the heart are just as real as sins of the flesh. Is not God with us at all times? Therefore, every time you ask what is wrong when he has made it clear beforehand, not to mention providing guidance along the way, you are really saying, let it be used wrongly. Mind the Gap I think it's interesting that the priests were complaining how tiresome it could be to perform the steps which God had required. 
Looking back, we can see that God didn't actually esteem the sacrifice itself, but that he certainly wished to outline the heart conditions of a proper offering. He looks at the offering and calls out the lack of righteousness. We are then bound to uphold that same standard. Remember, we are constantly presenting gifts to a great king, and that should inspire great intentionality. For the purpose of this newsletter, I'd like to focus on Malachi 1.10 just for a moment. Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the gates, that you might not uselessly kindle fire on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from you. Does it terrify you, as it does me, that the Lord would request such a thing? The cry for one who would shut the gates, one who would not abide the improper sacrifice, makes me feel very tiny, even from this vantage point a couple thousand years later. What then shall we do? For God to suggest that offerings not be brought before him is indicative of the people's sin. I'd like to suggest that we don't have much in our day that separates this mindset from theirs, that perhaps the unchanging God would speak similarly to us at times. This is a harsh reproof requiring much intentionality and is not an easy notion to consider. Someone must shut the gates. We ought to strive for proclaiming truth, exalting his name, and if needed, addressing the heresies of our day head on. We need the guidance of the Holy Spirit to illuminate the clear teachings of Scripture as we spread his kingdom throughout all of the earth. We need reclaimers. Do justly, love kindness, walk humbly, and stay tuned.